0: We'll mm-hmm. Odyssey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 3 of A to Z of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz, co-host Randy Griggs. We're coming to you from Lot B Cigar Dojo Studio. What's up, Dojo Nation? Today's episode is brought to you by the letter B, as in boisterous. Boisterous works. That works. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling fantastic. Are you Man. feeling boisterous? Yeah, no, I'm,
0: I am a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I am. No, I'm super excited. I think uh, last week uh, we got running a little bit better than in, in our first one. I'm getting a little more comfortable in front of the camera. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about the letter B and the pairing that we have
0: here today. You are feeling more comfortable. You were. You. Uh, it was. You did a nice job of. I. I can get on a little tangent. I could start talking about, you know, uh, Del Monte fruit and, um, and then like what the hell does Del Monte fruit have to do with anything. But you pulled me back in uh, a couple of times very nicely. Um, so we are here. Uh, we've got uh, a beer to talk about today. We've got a cigar to talk about today. Um, and uh, we've already got our cigars going, which I think is going to be something that we do with every episode moving yep. forward. It just gives us a better idea. We get about halfway into the cigar. Uh, you know before we get started, so we can really kind of analyze the uh, the uh, the pairing that we've got yep. today uh letter b we're going with something from black label studios mm-hmm. uh, the uh black label morphine is what we're smoking here today' it's, this is the two thousand seventeen uh, iteration this is the twenty seventeen version yes, yes. twenty seventeen iteration of that and we've got a big big old beer today yep. uh with the uh the KBS from Founders, which is the Kentucky barrel-aged breakfast stout. So it's their breakfast stout. That's where the B comes from in this one. Uh, their breakfast stout aged for a full year in um, in bourbon barrels, and we have adjuncts, <laughs> whether they're real adjuncts or what everyone just now calls adjuncts so we're going to watch randy's head explode that's going to be fun um but this be- this is a big old beer this is a, a big aggressive cigar yep. um so this is going to be uh, a big aggressive show
1: yes yes and, and we've both brought our big aggressive shirts you're going with the murderistic uh friday the 13th i do like i, I like a good slasher film yes but yes. Randy
0: thinks that my soul is dark and all I think about is, uh, you know, like killing people. Well, I didn't say it's all not, you think not about, but it's, cause, cause it's a Because I watch trend. films that are made by someone other than Disney. Uh, Randy <laughs> Disney that, films
1: are wonderful. I uh, don't know why you would
0: say anything I, I have, disparaging I have, I have about not saying anything disparaging <laughs> about them. I just I have a broader horizon uh, in, uh, in what I uh, enjoy. Actually, I watched uh, fairly, a couple weeks ago, fairly recently, A film called *Brightburn*, um, which uh, was recommended by uh, John McTavish of Developing Palettes. Yes, and uh, Trip Walter, former co-host of yours. on Indeed, yeah, John's a a great guy. Yeah, Uh, actually, he just had uh, fairly recently had his one—no, not his one-year anniversary. Yeah, Yeah, one-year anniversary. Yeah, Uh, shout shout out to the surgeon. Yeah, congratulations, Happy anniversary, buddy and uh and trip from uh who now does uh sharing our pairings on uh, so it's a very yeah, very pairing uh pairing um loop there i guess i don't know uh but the film called brightburn and it's basically about um it's like the superman story how the, the superman just showed up in the field one day and he's like instruct indestructible but this kid was like real like teenager angsty and just goes buck ben wild evil. and starts killing people yeah. it was
1: i don't do evil films folks yeah. uh i like to keep my soul yeah.
0: pure Bruh. of that kind of darkness. I, I still haven't been able to talk you into watching the thriller video <laughs> <laughs> anyway that film brightburn it was significantly more uh brutal than anticipated my wife and i were watching it and we're about halfway through and there's one he kills his uncle uh, spoilers i guess and uh, the way that his uncle dies is just brutal, and it's it's long and drawn out. And my wife is like, "Okay, we're gonna have to watch like cartoons or something after this because mm. it's brutal." Anyway, uh, yes. But well, but I, back to the fact that, that we're doing I a pairing show. Hi, Deck. Well, you brought up you brought beer. up my T-shirt, and I, I actually <laughs> really like this shirt. And, um, anywho, Yes. Uh, so let's let's kind of jump into these pairings. You want to talk cool. about the cigar first or the beer first or what do you think?
1: uh you know what let's go ahead and get started with the beer you already kind of touched on on some of that and we do have to justify uh how this justifies the uh the letter b in the pairing uh so the founders brewing company out of michigan Mm -hmm. uh has uh breakfast stout which was a big deal beer made a lot of noise in the press as uh they took a lot of flack, actually. I don't know if you knew that, that, you know, they have a baby. Like a child. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, literally an infant on the label. And um, that was not met with uh, with a lot of uh, happy uh, people. Um, and I think there was some lawsuits uh, uh, surrounding it. They had to fight to Did they change? To, they didn't change the label. No, no, they kept it. They, they won that legal battle. Um, but breakfast out. Is a, a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. Uh, so they use copious amounts of oatmeal adjuncts. <laughs> uh, oatmeal, I would argue, potentially could be an ad. Is definitely an adjunct. Oatmeal okay. is an adjunct.
0: Let's before we go any further, <laughs> let's uh, address what what you think an adjunct is. Yes. And then what everyone else in the world thinks an Perfect. adjunct is. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So an adjunct,
1: uh, by definition, is is any sugar source other than grain okay uh, so uh specifically barley grain so malted barley is the base of all beers we know it today i would tell you that a wheat beer uh and a common misconception a lot of people think that a wheat beer is brewed exclusively with wheat you can call a wheat beer a wheat beer if you're using as little as 20 percent wheat oh. as the total grist base of your grain bill of your grain bill exactly uh and no beer uh, that you've ever s- drank uh, that is referred to as a wheat beer has anything more than 50%. Uh, okay. your, your classic German ale, uh, Francis Conner, for instance, is using about 50% wheat. Uh, barley is still necessary in the brewing process, mostly because of the enzymatic activity found uh, naturally occurring in barley, as well as the husk. Of the of the grain that creates a filter bed. We won't go into the whole brewing process here uh, Just know that beer as we know it is barley based and wheat beers are no uh, Exception to that uh, So an adjunct is any time that you're using another sugar source other than barley uh, to, to come up with the sugar that ferments out into ethanol and co2 uh, so corn rice uh, are oats are adding sugars fermentable and unfermentable uh, within the case of oats mostly unfermentable sugars Um, but anything like the coffee found in this beer uh, I would say is a flavor additive not an adjunct Uh, you wouldn't say anise or uh, or cinnamon additions cacao nibs or cacao nibs Um, would be, uh, uh, they're not fermentable, they're not adding to the sugar, they're just flavor additives. Uh, So I differentiate uh, the word adjunct to a sugar uh, contributor to the recipe versus a flavor additive.
0: And so I've always understood it, and this seems to be the, like, it's a common misconception, I guess, that, um, you know, adding cacao nibs, adding... Uh, vanilla bean, adding coffee. Uh, these aren't adjuncts because these are not. Uh, these are added in your usually in your secondary fermentation. Right. when you're you're no longer fermenting. Um, the yeast has been removed from the equation, and uh, those sugars, while are fermentable, but they're not being fermented. Mm. Is that
1: correct? I, I would say that they're not necessarily adding. They're not fermentable. No, because you, you you haven't pasteurized the beer you haven't uh, you know sterile filtered the beer so there's still going to be yeast so if there's fermentable sugar in there with all craft beer you're not talking about a pasteurized product so you still have living yeast no matter what so like if you added raspberries in your secondary fermentation you would start a secondary fermentation because you've added sugars there's yeast already in there they're going to come out of dormancy and start to ferment through those sugars Uh, so so i I would argue that raspberries would be uh, an adjunct so the
0: Okay, so the sugars that you're getting from these other additives uh, are, are just not fermentable. I'm, I'm learning something today, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Again, that, that's... that's I, that, I, I'm that, a purist when it comes to, to beer.
1: It, to me, that's the strict definition. It, it, it's when you're adding fermentable sugars.
0: But it, it seems that the, the common... Uh, we'll, we'll call it a misconception. Uh, the common thought is that anything added to a beer, flavor or otherwise... Uh, is considered an adjunct. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I- that's in
1: all literature, you're going to find adjuncts, in my opinion, misused uh, to describe vanilla or anise coffee in this case.
0: So it was <coughs> similar to our last show where uh, I first referred to the porter as roasty, mm-hmm. and that is exactly wrong. <laughs> Completely, 100%, just, just not correct. So that's we're kind of in that uh, in that uh, same vein, um, with uh, with these additives here. But so this has so okay. So we were talking about the breakfast stout. We'll we'll get back to the beer now because I I wanted to get the adjunct thing out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to to
1: the oats uh, again. They use uh, a very very heavy dosing of oats. Oats, uh, as we've discussed many times, adds uh, a lot of mouthfeel to Mm -hmm. beer. It's going to add a silky. Uh, smooth kind of creamy component to the beer Um, and so uh, at its base the um, the base recipe for breakfast stout is an oatmeal stout by definition uh, with coffee added to it Um, I believe they use two different types of coffee uh, to really give some complexity of that coffee characteristic so that's just gonna be to accentuate the dark malts that they're already using that could uh, possibly lend to a chocolate and to a coffee characteristic just from the
0: malt. Quick question: Is a breakfast stout is that like a recognized style, Maybe. or is it just a cute name? It's just a cute, name. beautiful. Okay, yeah, yeah. But with with, with
1: the addition of uh, of the oats, and it it is um, a eight point six percent beer. The the regular breakfast stout version, We're talking about a very chewy, uh, mouth filling, viscous beer. Uh, so something that, you know, you, you might actually get some sustenance out of. Mm. And so the, the correlation with breakfast uh, is, is pretty pretty linear. You, you can draw that conclusion That's pretty right. easily.
0: And it's, it, we talked about this last time in our last show as well. The, uh, <clears throat> the idea that the color of the beer and the color of the, uh, the wrapper on the cigar is equated to strength. The darker the beer, the stronger it is. But well, that's not necessarily true. However, in this case, very true. it's a very dark beer <laughs> and it is super super strong. Yeah. So sometimes that uh, that can be. So that's that's the that's the breakfast stout. That's the base beer. Right. But what we're drinking is the KBS, which is the conduct Kentucky, Kentucky breakfast stout. Thank you. Yes. Um, you enunciate uh, the Kentucky breakfast stout, which is aged in bourbon barrels. Right. So a full year in bourbon barrels uh,
1: after a charred barrel a charred American oak barrel is going to be used for your Kentucky whiskeys Uh, it's then transported over to the brewery where it actually still has liquid sloshing around in the barrel Hmm. in most cases and so uh, in in the in the case of this it actually picks up a significant amount you can see anywhere from between 1% to this one boasts almost uh, really three and a half percent alcohol increase in going into these barrels so the uh, breakfast Stout, as I said, comes out at 8.6 ABV, uh, where the KBS is a solid 12.2% alcohol by volume. Uh, and again, with that that excess of bourbon that's kind of infused into the beer, not only are you getting the extra alcohol, you're definitely getting some of that, that whiskey characteristic, some of those, uh, those oaky, vanilla, charred characteristics. Uh, that you would expect
0: to to be picking up in a kentucky whiskey so this is the uh the 2019 version uh this is released every year uh would around april ish yeah um and we're now in september so uh and i still found these i found them at my local uh bevmo Uh, so it's still a few years ago this beer was much harder to find uh the (laughs) founders went through a uh a change there now that i think the beers are, are much easier to find um so this one the nice thing they actually you i'm not going to show you because you can't see it but you pick up a bottle uh this was bottled on uh valentine's day oh of 2019 so that's kind of warm it, and fuzzy does right? that make you my valentine it doesn't <laughs> it does not um but yeah checks in at 12.2 percent every year they every <laughs> off the rails every year it it checks in a little bit different abv up and down depending on like you said with the uh with the barrels um i actually have i was looking through my when we decided that this was the beer we were going with i was looking through my uh my fridge and i've got kbs dating back to 2015 Mm. so we could do uh, a nice five-year uh vertical tasting that would be uh that'd make for a fun show yes let's let's drink five uh 12% 12% wow. that beers. That definitely come off the rails yeah. halfway through. that'll be one of those. Uh, you download that show separately, maybe. that's. Uh, well, that'll be our first, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll come up with a name for whatever that extra show is going to be. Um, <laughs> I think of a good one, but it's got a bad word in it, so we'll move on. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's uh, the KBS. Ton of flavor, big, bold beer. We've both had this before. This is the first time I've had the 2019 version. Yep. Um, sometimes I've found with these yearly releases that are the barrel aged beers and we could talk about barrel aging it's become huge mm-hmm. in the industry Certainly. uh from uh, you know all different styles not just stouts and not just aged in bourbon barrels we're aging them in aquavit whatever the hell that is and uh all kinds of other different barrels well even uh,
1: founders has the canadian breakfast that, that
0: one might even be better yeah that's uh, uh i'm telling you those canadians they know what's going on <laughs> um but it's the same beer but it's aged in like a what is it, aged in like a maple barrel that used to have bourbon in it or something? To that yeah, I, I think they take uh, the Kentucky
1: bourbon barrels, they sell it to maple syrup manufacturers. The syrup is then aged in the bourbon barrel, mm-hmm. and then and then it's shipped to the brewery, and the beer is then aged in the barrel that
0: has now had bourbon and maple syrup in it. the The thing that stands out to me is that I can somehow find barrel aged maple syrup yeah (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. i I think i need that in my
0: life (laughs) (laughs) fair enough Uh, we we should do a tasting on that oh that sounds yeah let's do that let's let's do all of that (laughs) um okay so so that's the 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 beer that we're we're working with big bold beer uh that's alliteration and uh let's move on to the cigar that is the uh the morphine from black label trading company um has an interesting history And um, you know just like you guys whenever I'm looking up a cigar or something I I go to the Google on uh, on the interwebs and um, just kind of click on stuff that pops up first most of the time it's info from cigar coop Uh, shout out to coop to uh, uh, for always providing a ton of info on you know just about everything out there if you look up a cigar you're gonna find it on his website so I'm pulling up a review uh, that he did Of the the 2018 morphine which is what we're smoking he actually reviewed the Lancero there's some interesting differences Um, but 2015 was the first iteration of the morphine and it was the first uh, limited edition from black label trading company and when it started out it actually had a double wrapper on it it was a double Maduro it had a it was San Andreas Maduro which is what this has but it also had an Ecuadorian Maduro on there as well um, so that's it's it's changed over the years so I think uh, according to coop here uh, in 2014 they had the, it was a double uh, binder 2016 they kind of got away from that in eighteen they brought it back but only for the lancero so the lancero is actually a barber pole which it's a unique use of a barber pole because yeah. the wrappers are going to look very very similar sure uh, usually you see a barber pole it's a dark wrapper and a much lighter wrapper right um, you're looking at this uh, lancero maybe some of them will look barber poleish, but it's really more done for, I think, flavor than appearance. Yeah. In this sense, uh, so this one that we're smoking does not have the the, the double wrapper. Uh, it is only the San Andreas, and um, it's got uh, Nicaraguan Habano binder, uh, <clears throat> Nicaraguan filler, and I'm going to let you say the name of the factory because uh, that it would be Fabrica Ove- Oveja Negra. Yeah. Say it one more time, a Fabrica Oveja Negra. Thank you. Yes, that's uh, it's. <laughs> I, Oveja Negra. Yeah, it's so, so much better when Randy does it. Um, so this cigar comes out every year. Um, do you know when it comes out? Like, what? Like is there a specific time of year? Uh, I probably should have found that I, out I on my own. I picked up boxes of the 2019. Uh, fairly recently. Fairly right?
1: recently. I would say August.
0: Yeah, it's probably, I think they, they debut it at IPCPR, so it probably, yeah, probably ships in pretty quickly there. Yeah, after, August yeah, or, yeah. or September release. So August, it couldn't be a September release because you've, you've had it for a while. Yeah, and we're only half. And, and you know
1: what? Actually, a, a quick uh, correction. I think we started the show by saying these were the 2017. Uh, these are the 2018, oh, correct? Uh, Morphines. Yes. So 20 yeah. it, in the robusto, uh, ventol. Mm-hmm. I think they they have a little, not quite a pigtail, a little twist tail. Head. A little. Yeah, a little. <laughs> I like that. Um, Uh, and they come in three different Vitolas I think they have the Robusto the Petit Lancero no no the Corona
0: and the Lancero the the Corona Lancero and this uh, Robusto right Um, and I know you're a big fan of black I mean got the shirt
1: yeah, we we had a great time. Uh, uh, we got a chance to interview James Brown uh, this year out there at IPCBR. Big shoe um, guy. He likes the shoes. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was something you guys were definitely. Yeah, those shoes that he had on <laughs> IPCBR were so dope. I've been looking for them ever since, and they were they were the the Jordan ones, but they were black and orange, and it had something to do with uh, uh, Mike. I'll call him Mike. Yeah, yeah I'll call yeah. him Mike. Uh, Mike played in a uh, in a some sort of charity game or something. That was the color of the jerseys. It's black. I mean, we've talked about, uh, we actually talked about my favorite color in the last episode, orange oh, yeah. and black and orange for me, anything I'll, I'll probably buy it if it's black and orange. And uh, although these shoes are like, like 600 bucks now, if you can find wow. them. So yeah. And that's hard to justify. Yeah. I, uh, I think he actually got them when they first came out though. So it's like he had to wait in line to pay that. Price. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, shoes are a whole mm. different, Animal, it's amazing. I remember when I was a kid. I mean, the, the Jordans were a big deal. The Jordan Fours were always my favorites, and uh, I've never had a pair of the original either—the black and red, or the the white and the kind of like cement color, whatever it was. that was uh, on there. I've never had the originals. I did get a re-release. It was uh, all leather. They were white and like a royal blue,
1: mm.
0: and this was when I was in college. Nobody cares about this, but no. Anyway, <laughs> um, but it's it's good banter. And what does banter means what now? Uh, it
1: just means a, a, a playful uh, discussion and teasing. Uh, I thought it was. It had a more... There, there's some Latin root that's yeah. not quite as flattering. But yeah. we won't get into that. No. Um, right. But the morphine is uh, an absolute beast of a cigar, in, in my opinion. And it has a lot of rich, uh, dark, chocolatey uh, characteristics. You know, we talked a lot about uh, finding something... Uh, we did want to have a couple shows, you know. I think the first show we did uh, uh, was pretty well off on intensity, uh, so we did want to match the intensity of uh, of the both the cigar and the beer on this one. And coming with that big beefy 12.2% bourbon barrel aged oatmeal and coffee, uh, we had to have a cigar that could stand up to it in
0: its intensity to have a good pairing. And
1: I think the morphine. Uh, was a pretty darn
0: good selection on our part. I, I feel like I feel like they they do stand up. It's tough, man. Uh, I've done uh, you know a lot of different pairing stuff in the past, but previous shows that I've been on, and and I found that you know going with barrel aged stuff, <laughs> mainly stouts. Barrel aged stouts are so overpowering, yeah. so much flavor, Certainly. and it's really hard to find a cigar that can stand up to that. And I feel like we've done that with this. Uh, I mean, we'll get into the pairing. We'll get into more about the cigar here. Uh, we're at about the halfway point of the show. And we haven't even started talking about any of the flavors that we're getting out of either of these. So let's jump into the, let's go with the cigar first. For me, I mean, you, you just tapped on it a little bit. Uh, tapped on it? Touched on it? Let's go with touch. I don't know why is it tapped. That sounds very sexual. Um, <laughs> that's not what this show's about. Um, <laughs> you in your untapped app maybe that's it maybe yeah. that's where that yeah that's exactly where my head was um <laughs> we'll just say that's where your head was <laughs> i'm losing it uh so this is the first time i've smoked the morphine now most the, for you people who know for you guys who know me and uh, followed uh you know me in the, the industry over the last few years you know that like these big super bold uh flavors in cigars are not really my jam however uh i am digging this cigar it uh, you made me feel like I need to have like a double steak dinner. Like I need to mm. eat the old 96 er before um, you didn't get that reference no. before uh, uh, he's older than I am. That's true. <laughs> uh, the old 96 er anyone, anyone um, <laughs> before I smoke the cigar and it's, mm-hmm. it's big, it's bold. It's not like mega strong in the, in the, uh, the nicotine side of things it's got a ton of flavor i mean it's yeah. probably medium plus yeah maybe yeah. full minus on the strength side flavor is full 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 big Absolutely. time big Absolutely. time uh lots of like deep chocolatey you notes. Know, dark uh, it's earthy there's a lot of black pepper uh, on the retro like big time that's that's mellowed out as the cigar mm-hmm. goes along and it kind of as you get used to it uh but the retro on this thing is a beast man yeah no doubt you know right when i lit it up i
1: I thought Snickers bar, you mean, mm-hmm. I, I was getting peanuts and I was getting chocolate. Uh, very, very rich, full flavored. Uh, I think the nicotine, you know, I'm, I'm a little behind you, uh, but I'm halfway into this Robusto. And uh, I definitely feel the the nicotine. So I think the strength is uh, the strongest cigar that we've smoked so far on this show.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. By a,
1: by a mile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the jitters. I'll tell you uh, uh, another special release. Uh, from Black Label, um, their Bishop's blend yeah. is probably the strongest nicotine uh, content cigar I've smoked to date. Uh, I mean, I, I had to sit down before it, it kicked in the took us. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, this one's very smooth. It's it's very manageable as far as the the nicotine strength. I think you know when you talk about the the very full flavor, um, it's still balanced mm. uh you know i am mm, not yeah. i'm not totally overwhelmed by any one of the flavors i think it's still very complex uh, to your point about the pepper man i mean right away in the retro hail it was black pepper all day which which was very very pleasant again just another layer of flavor to kind of maybe detract a little bit from some of the chocolatey um and, and woody and nutty notes that i was getting um right in the beginning and as you said, it, that has mellowed out a bit. It, it's not quite as, as spicy uh, now that we're halfway through. Um, but I, I think an exceptional job. I think it's probably hard to, to blend a uh, cigar of such full flavor and, and keep the complexity of those different layers of flavors uh, without one just
0: becoming totally uh, prevalent and dominant over the others. And Yeah, to, to keep that going, the whole idea of complexity, you touched on that. I think... When you go with something, and you're, and, and I'm not going to talk like I'm a blender because I'm not, but when you're blending a cigar that is <clears throat> going to be big and bold and using a lot of you know bold flavors, complexity is key. And yeah. it, I mean, it's key in anything big. I mean, the same with this beer. If you have one flavor component that's off the rails, that's going to ruin that experience really. But it's also going to make it feel like, like for example, if this cigar was like that pepper that we were hit with at the beginning if that amplified as we went on Mm. then it's gonna the cigar is gonna feel so much stronger and it's gonna almost be unbearable but to have these high level of flavors deep deep complexity Mm. but also keeping that balance of flavor throughout it becomes it's it becomes more manageable like if you're carrying you know a, a like like when you're unloading the, the – I'm going to go on a weird analogy here. You're unloading your car after going to Costco, right? And you've got a ton of bags. And we're all I – and mean, everybody, men, women, whoever do the shopping, you are not making two trips. You're carrying all that stuff in at once. And if you have 14 bags in one hand and one bag in the other, you're out of whack, right? Sure. But if you're balancing it out, it's not quite as bad. Yeah. Right? That's a pretty good analogy. Um, I mean, it was a stretch, but <laughs> but <laughs> –
1: but but you went, but, you, went you with the, you, the same thing i said balance yeah you, it, you don't
0: it, want a, <laughs> you do not want to get in here it is weird <laughs> in here it's very very strange but as long as you have that balance you want to upset the boat yeah right as long yeah. as you' you've got that balance it can be heavy and bold and full but if it's balanced throughout it's much more approachable it's easier to smoke it's a far more pleasant experience i guess is is what i was no, I, trying to i, I don't I, know why I went to Grocery bags? Grocery bags. (laughs) Do you take more than one trip? You don't. Don't lie. I know the kind of man that you are. You are carrying all of that in at once. Until they're cutting into my fingers. I'll lose a finger. (laughs) I'm not taking two
1: trips. Uh, Yeah, no, I I agree with all that. And I think that those are are paramount kind of signs of a well-blended cigar. I think it'd be easy to uh, allow... Uh, for a blend, you know, if you're just trying to amp it up and just load it with Lajero and or just load it with that Maduro character, it, it'd be very easy to fall into a trap of, of letting it uh, lend to just one of those flavors dominating. Strength for the sake of
0: strength. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I think I'm not into that. There's, and, and there's there's cigars out there that uh, are like that and they've been successful and people enjoy it. And that's fine. Uh, I'm not saying one one is right or wrong. For me. It's I, I don't want strength for the sake of strength. I'll take flavor for the sake of flavor, though. Absolutely. So for whatever that's worth. Um, let's jump into the beer a little yes. bit. Because this is a big daddy, full flavor, full strength, full you know, everything yeah. uh, at the top of the list. Um, man, 12, 12.2%. They're not messing around. I get a ton of oak, that oaky, you know, kind of a charred. Uh, caramel note Uh, there's a lot of coffee a lot of chocolate these are all very obvious Uh, this is the kind of beer where you don't have to be an expert in uh, understanding your palate to be to just be blown away by what's going on you have a better beer palate than I do what is there anything under that that initial level that initial layer of flavor that you're picking up that's you know something that's kind of maybe buried in there that is a nice little uh, flavor note for you Uh, yeah I, I, I kind of put you on the spot no i'm, I'm actually super comfortable with that because i like
1: what you said in, in the beginning you know that we're not we're not drinking uh a light beer where you're looking for nuanced um little mm. undertones of flavor so much i mean what's there is is prevalent it's obvious um and again like the cigar i i think it's very well balanced mm. i i don't feel like it's totally overpowered by the bourbon or oaky characteristic from the aging um I don't think that the the chocolate is so sweet that it lingers on the palate, detracting from the cigar, which is something that I've noticed. As I, you know, I've been doing some pairings on my own uh, in preparation for the show, uh, thinking about some uh, some pairings we might have later down the line. And I've definitely come across some stouts that were overly sweet and made it hard to even taste the tobacco, uh, while kind of. Uh, pivoting between the two um, I think this is uh, this is very well balanced it's not overly sweet uh, one of the flavors that I that I would say that I'm picking up that I think lends to a lot of the the body and the foundational flavors is some caramel sweetness um, again great complexity in, in the beer um, that you don't necessarily grab uh, hold and, and gravitate towards toffee flavors but I definitely get some some toffee. Behind some of the chocolate, um, and, and and actually maybe that's enhanced a little bit by the oxidation of the of the year long aging. Uh, you get that micro oxidation when you're aging in barrels. Uh, that that uh, you know is, is a big deal in winemaking. That oxygen is able to penetrate through the oak staves, but at such a slow rate that it doesn't oxidize it to the point of having that kind of cardboardy and paper like. Uh, characteristic but instead lend to some sherry sweetness
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh i, I get, get a little bit of, uh, of that in the beer you know that again just adds to the complexity it gives a little bit m- more uh a rich sweet complexity uh again without being overly
0: sweet micro oxidation look it up it's a real <laughs> that's thing. the
1: first time i've ever heard it <laughs> No, that's it's, it's it's a, it's a big term in, in winemaking
0: yeah I, I i don't make the wine i do drink it um I've been on a rosé kick. Is that weird?
1: No. When I was living in France during uh, the yeah, summer, rosé is... Well, when r- I was living in France, yeah, I was building the Eiffel a, Tower. Rosé is a great, uh, a great uh, <laughs> afternoon, hot, refreshing uh, way to have some of that uh, deeper, rich red wine grape uh flavor without it being too
0: heavy like ultimately can. i just wanted everybody to know that i'm man enough to admit that i like rose <laughs> <laughs> that's all there is to it um no that's interesting though when you say my i didn't know micro oxidation second time was a uh that i fumbled over my words uh was a thing yep. but it makes a ton of sense because i mean these are this is wood it's porous it's not airtight and but the the uh, the the slow uh trickle if you will yeah of, of oxygen in there um may enhance the experience that's interesting one thing and i'm i didn't prep you for this so I'm, I'm kind of testing the randy knowledge and if you're not impressed by his knowledge of beer by our third episode then i don't know then you're <laughs> then you like invented beer um you're 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 thousands of years old and you invented beer you're some sort of like i don't know anyway sumatran uh, uh, Person, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. is that Sumeria, where it was? invented Samaria, Samaria. Is is That's it, not Sumatra, though. It's different. Is it not? No, no. Samarian I mean, and the, Babylonian are very different.
1: I'm mean, gonna have to look this up after the That's an, another another reference
0: that that Randy didn't get. <laughs> Did anybody get the? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Samarian <laughs> Babylonian God. No, 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 no. Ray, someone asks you if you're a god. You say yes. Is Ghost Ghostbusters? The, Come
1: on! Oh, I, I the best you, line of Ghostbusters. I Brothers. thought you were going to go back to Conan on me.
0: No, no, no. Uh, Conan, the Barbarian. Yeah. Did I ever reference that show? <laughs> anyway, uh, I actually had a question. So, with these barrel-aged beers, I, I, I have a two-pronged question. Um, sometimes, when you get the the initial release, and like, what, not the initial release, but like right when it came out. So, this is the twenty nineteen version. Sometimes, and I've noticed this more with Bourbon County. Uh, that, that first, when you, you get it that year and you open it up, it's super boozy. It's mm. super, super strong with that, uh, that uh, uh, bourbon type of note, that whiskey kind of flavor because they're aged in those barrels. That, over time, goes away. Sure. Um, but this one I'm noticing is actually very good right up front. What is it that causes and how does the aging process of having a, a beer that's bottled, I mean, it's, it's airtight. There's nothing getting in there. But how does that aging kind of happen? I know it's a big question.
1: No, it, it has to do with oxidation. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of it does. Um, as there's still going to be some oxygen trapped in the liquid. Um, and, and some things just bind up in liquid and fall out of solution. And so with a beer like this, you'll some, sometimes find sediment in the aging. You know, mm-hmm. if we ever get to that five-year vertical that you're working on. Um, oh, we're going to get to it. It, you're likely going to find more sediment in the older ones. And okay. so uh, as oxygen uh, comes in contact with, with the compounds uh, in the beer, they'll they'll little, literally fuse together, solidify, and fall out of solution. Oh. And so um, some of that boozy character, absolutely. The same way uh, I, I think uh, maybe in the last episode you discussed uh, uh, aging a cigar mm-hmm. and how some of the peppery characteristic – It kind of uh, mellows out over time time. Uh, again that's gonna be through oxidation now to your point you're gonna have more oxidation uh, to a cigar sitting in your humidor than a a sealed bottle Uh, but there is still oxygen in there uh, trapped in the solution of the liquid that uh, that will continue to allow it to age and change plus you have live yeast in there that will continue to uh, we call scrub out some of those flavors and absorb some of those flavors into the yeast as it settles out into sediment
0: <laughs> you said scrub out i'm picturing these little yeasts with, like little sponges and they're <laughs> swimming around. I'm, like, I'm, I'm such a dork uh, no that's that's interesting and i i kind of threw you uh threw you a curveball there because we didn't talk about that in advance we don't i like to throw randy questions because he knows so much about this stuff and for me like this is i i love barrel aged beers and frankly when i went to go buy this uh fairly recently um I walked by and I had to restrain myself from putting like seven or eight different, you know, four packs or bombers or whatever in my basket because there's so much stuff out there that I really want to try. And I just love that. But I have a full fridge at home. And if I bring too much more home, my wife's going to get upset um, because it's actually a wine fridge that is really a beer fridge. Nice. It should be a wine fridge. Nice. So it has more beer than wine. Um,
1: so one day while we're on the show, uh, something we've never talked about here at the studio. Uh, treasure trove this this is um we are located in my residence and behind us this is not just a pretty wall of stickers but this is actually a uh, a cellar that i've made it has an air conditioning unit uh, against a, a window and this is my cellar so i have a lot of barrel aged and sour beers uh here behind us and uh and so i allow those to age at just an Air conditioned temperature of fifty-five uh, to allow them to continue to mature. When you put them in a regular fridge below forty degrees, that's going to actually um, give a little more uh, stability to the flavor, so it won't change as much. Oh, interesting So by keeping it a little bit warmer, it actually allows an evolution and maturation in the bottle uh, it at that temp. Promotes a bit more activity. Ooh, nice, I Thank like you. that.
0: Thank you. Hey, every now and again, it happens. <laughs> so and last beer aging question this has been a very beer centric episode um and that's okay with these types of beers so i was saying i was telling randy beforehand i actually mentioned on the show i've got this dating all the way back to 2015 how long and it's going to depend on the different flavor additives that are in there not adjuncts mind you flavor additives um how long are you comfortable aging something like this something like this can go for years
1: um, honestly I, I've, heard, I've seen some breweries that um, make their their name on their barrel aging programs uh, tout as much as 10 years mm. a, as an option you know and that's gonna have to do with uh, the alcohol level mm-hmm. obviously you, you know your first and foremost you want to protect from um, from other uh, wild yeasts and potential bacterias from creating other flavors that you never intended to be there um, but ultimately you know, and, and I, I we, we've talked about those 50-50 eclipses. I buy those uh, annually. I, I, I buy into the, the uh, futures of those. So I buy those several cases at a time. Uh, they're often too hot in the first year. I actually prefer most of those beers coming out at about two years after bottling for some of that booziness to mellow out and to kind of uh, homogenize a little bit with, with the rest of the flavors in the beer. Uh, so it really depends on, on on the beer that you're talking about. This one, to me, I mean, considering this is a 2019, I get a very nice uh, accent of, of the bourbon without it being boozy.
0: Yeah, it's surprising that uh, like you say hot. That's a perfect word for it. Cause for me, um, Bourbon County, when those come out uh, Black Friday is so when that is usually released, um, those are always hot for me. Like, I feel like uh, like two years on those. Yeah. And I think actually on their label, it says age up to five years. So, there's it, again, it depends on the different flavor additives. I think if you're using like vanilla bean, you start to lose that after a couple of years. Certainly. But if you're using like a vanilla extract, it lasts longer. Uh, same with coffee, that type of stuff. If you're using like coffee beans, it's, you're going to lose it faster. Right. Kind of like, like a hop aroma. You, you, right. it's got a, right. It has a finite lifespan. You can't age this right. forever. Uh, but uh, the longer you age them, the more they're going to marry. Like a good pasta sauce, like a good mm. yeah. You let that—that's got to sit a couple of days, and those yeah. flavors. Are, mm, yeah, so I'm,
1: I'm a big well, chili guy, and anyway. yeah, e- even though I'll, I'll let it sit in the stockpot for 24 hours, I like to then put it in the fridge and let that sit for at least another 24 to 48 hours before uh, calling that the final
0: dish. So this is going to be another episode because my wife has mentioned that she wants to have a chili cook-off with you. Oh. Oh, it's on. Yeah. Oh, that's That's going to be a thing. (laughs) That's going to happen. And it's funny, because my wife uh, is really one of the most awesome people in the world. True story. And um, and, what's she doing with me? I don't (laughs) understand. But uh, she's a phenomenal cook. It's amazing that I don't weigh 1,000 pounds. She wants to wrap everything in bacon. Um, But uh, she makes a phenomenal chili. And she keeps saying that she wants to have like a, a... uh, oh, what's the show where they all have, like, one ingredient to cook with? Top Chef. You're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants to have, like, a Top Chef kind of, uh, like, party almost where there's one ingredient we all have to cook. Like, we invite a bunch of people and everybody makes a different dish. But she did reference a specific chili cook-off with you, so that is going to have to happen. And we're, we're getting into chili season, at least in my head it's yeah, chili season. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Um, okay, so we're, we're, we're going to go over because we talked a lot about beer, but this was great. Like, i threw you a lot of curveballs and uh, and you've, you've handled them nicely um so what do you think about this pairing what are your thoughts
1: i uh, i think uh, you could read between the lines on everything that i've said so far that i think both are very well balanced uh on their own uh neither one of the the either the beer nor the cigar have overwhelming or super dominant flavors uh they, they're both very complex they're both very full flavor I think we nailed it on intensity. Uh, I don't think either one is uh, completely overriding the other. Um, I'm going a thumbs up uh, uh, on this pairing. I think, I think we knocked this out of the park.
0: I've, uh, like I, I referenced before, I've tried to pair with uh, barrel-aged beers a lot. And I've thrown some big cigars at barrel-aged beers and, and had you know, varying degrees of success. I think this is probably the best... Barrel aged pairing I've ever had. Great, in the sense that the cigar isn't getting run over, the beer right. isn't getting run over. Usually, if it's barrel aged, the beer is just, you know, just a bulldozer over everything. But this cigar is uh, is not backing down at all. There's a ton of flavor in there. Nice uh, balance between. I get a lot more sweetness, obviously, out of the beer. Um, you know, I'm getting that uh, kind of charred caramel, that uh, uh, the chocolate in there. It's uh, it's very like almost like a chocolate soufflé kind of uh, you know when you break it open and the stuff oozes mm. out it's kind of yeah, yeah it's so good. You have to order that 40 minutes before though you have to order the chocolate soufflé when you order your steak. You know that. Is that the key? Yeah, you got to do it. Okay. If, if you want the soufflé you have to order it in advance. At least that's what they tell me. I I actually they don't let me into restaurants like that. (laughs) I don't don't, uh, pass the credit check. But um, to me, this has been uh, very, very successful. I don't know if it's the best pairing I've ever had. I'm gonna go back to last last week's show that, añejo and that porter was. That really was. I mean, that was it was. You're getting just the right amount of everything on both sides. This to me, it works. Right. It's good. It's enjoyable. If I'm sitting outside and we got the fire pit going, and yeah. it's, you know, whatever. I'm some roasting mad- some s'mores, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I hate marshmallows. I think marshmallows. I love the flavor of marshmallow, but I don't like eating marshmallows. I'm a big texture guy. Mm. Like tomatoes, yeah. like, yeah. I I love everything that a tomato does. I will never eat like a raw piece of tomato. Hmm. Just don't like it.
1: Interesting. Well,
0: you know, you know, it'll change your life. Pickled tomatoes, holy business! Change your life to get the little the little cherry tomatoes oh, wow. and just pickle them. Oh man, so we're gonna have to try that. That's talk about. I have flavor. some pickling jars and equipment here. Of course can... you do. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, to me this is a thumbs up pairing. We're kind of we're at about forty six minutes, so we're kind of going over. Uh, we haven't even talked about next week's episode. Uh, Want to thank you guys obviously yep. for all of your support. Um, I feel like we're trending in the right direction with kind of the layout of the show, and we're still getting our feet wet. Um, but as you know, I just kind of keep things moving. Randy has all of that knowledge. Like post, seriously, if you want us to ask a weird beer, post your weird beer questions. That could be an episode, just a weird beer question episode. We just have that be part of every episode. We should every, I need a, that's, that's a new thing. Weird beer question. So new challenge to dojo nation. So for letter C, we need a beer. We need a cigar. Yep. And I need a weird beer question. And the weird beer question could have anything to do with any kind of beer. It could be about sours. It could be about uh, like uh, Cantillon starts with a C. Ooh, yes, it does. I've actually been to the brewery. Wow! Can you believe that? Wow, that it's, is fancy. Yeah, that is fancy. It's in a weird. It's not like in the nicest neighborhood. No, <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> um, they're in. Uh, it's in uh, Brussels, right? Correct. Yeah. Thank you. We spent uh, one day in Brussels. In Belgium, um, have you been to Bruges? I have been to Bruges. Did you want to leave? No. Oh my god! It is possibly my favorite city in the world. It's. Have you seen in Bruges the film? I have. It is a bleeping fairy tale city. Yeah, That's it's a freaking cool it's, film. It's, but
1: oh. uh, I, I could tell you stories about my my trip to uh, Bruges. I. I I don't romanticize any other city as much as I do Bruce. It's,
0: my wife and I were there for 48 hours, maybe a little more than that. And within like three hours, we're like, okay, what could we do? Like, what kind of business could we start here so we could live here? <laughs> like, could we start a restaurant? Actually, my thought was to start a, like, a, a southern comfort food restaurant. Mm. Like fried chicken and, and that They kind don't of have stuff. that. Like, it's not there at yeah. all.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and, and they're huge on waffles. So if you did a chicken
0: and waffle place, boom! Let's we're moving to Bruges. Sorry guys, show's <laughs> over. We're moving to Bruges. <laughs> no, it's if the, the film is the film is fun. It's a little bit dark, but um, a kind of a dark comedy. But uh, it's um, it's a beautiful city. We got sidetracked. Right. But uh, from
1: for the letter C, I think yes, it's I think it's clear we're going to be
0: airing from the city of Bruges, Belgium. Yes, we're, we're moving. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we need we need a beer for C. Yes. We Need a cigar for C. Crowned heads. Crown Heads
1: would be in something I'd be excited yeah, to I mean, see the, on the list. Headley
0: Grange Drumstick. Somebody mentioned that so we could do that one. i still got some original release drumsticks. I've never had that one. Oh, my goodness. can going to change your life. Um, and then we also like a, like a weird beer question, and it could just be anything. It could be about yeast or wild fermentation or any of that stuff. That's what got me onto Cantillon. Sorry. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Thumbs up on the pairing. Yes.
1: Shout out to find some morphine and some KBS out there. I recommend this highly if you like big, full, bold flavors. Absolutely.
0: And you can, I know you can find KBS. This is national. Um, It's. I mean, maybe this time of year might be a little bit tough uh, because, again, it does come out every April, but look for it next year if you you have a place near you that's sold out. Um, But it, it should be pretty widely available. And the morphine's. I feel like they're becoming more readily available these days too. Oh, absolutely! Over the last two years, three or four years, yeah, three or four? it was. It's been about three or four years since they became available in California, and then they've just and founders just like they a lot of the, even their all day IPAs like a lot of their beers are really really good. Yeah, um, they've definitely widened their distribution. Yeah, I, I think uh, whenever I think of them, I always think of you know the breakfast out the KBS and the CBS. Because those are the uh, those are some of my favorites, but they do a ton of great stuff. Their barrel uh, their barrel aging uh, whatever program program. Thank you. That's what the word I was looking for their barrel program. I thought you me. might be. Thank you. Uh, is is phenomenal. They do a lot of great stuff. Uh, Black Label. You guys know that uh, James and these guys over there do some really cool stuff. Uh, and this is my first morphine, man, and this will not be my last. I'll tell you what. I mean, I mean we're down to the nub on this thing, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. So we've gone long. I apologize. Hope you guys enjoyed some of the beer talk. Um, Thank you for taking those uh, curveball questions that I threw you. Um, Shout out to Dojo Nation. We really appreciate the support. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheers, Dojo. Operates, probable, and